On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, Tyler talks some thoroughbred racing from across the country. Good morning. Welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 24th of April. Dave Stanley with you, and hopefully you enjoyed the big sports breakfast this morning. All this morning's interviews up on podcast as we speak. Today's panel, Ron Duffersey. Uh, we've got Glenn Munsey, David Gately, and Michael Maxworthy will be joining us as a special guest around 930 and, uh, of course, a lot happening in the Queensland space as well with a couple of Sydney horses going up there and uh, getting the chocolate. So we will talk with Maxie as well. We're going to have it all covered. And as I say, good morning to Duff. Great to see the rain. Stay away from Hawkesbury on the weekend. And, well, it was the Nashville Willow Show. It certainly was. And, uh, boy, you just have to sit back and shake your head at Nash the way he, he gets there. Everything right most of the time. And he's just unique in the way he gets it done. And... Uh, full marks to the Ricky Johnson and the track, I must say. We were all going in there a little nervous. Um, probably hard on the rail wasn't the place to be, but if you wanted one or two off it, everything was fine. Every horse got their chance. And it was a, a, a very forgiving track for horses as well. So I think it was just a perfect racing service. We've got uh, David Gately joining us as well. Gator, we not only had uh, the uh, the day there at Hawkesbury, but had a big day at uh, Mornington as well. We had the Guineas and also uh, the Hariba and the Cup. And speaking of the Hariba, what about this Jigsaw, who I know you tipped on top as one of your best. Um, lovely ride by Daniel Moore. And, gee, they've trained this well, the Cindy Alderson team. Yeah, good morning to all. Um, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, the reality is, Going into the race, I guess the only query was, did he have another big run in him, this horse, Dick? So he had four pretty much gut busters. I mean, it's not as if he's ever got away with an easy lead in his life in the last 12 months. Um, and then went to the group one and they were driven mad. And um, so credit to the stable to, to get him there fit and well. And I guess that was factored into the price, wasn't it? Um, I mean, on form, he was probably a bit thinner than that, but there was the element of risk. Or was he over the top? And I guess that's the, uh, the great game on show, but he was too fast. And Ron Duffersey joining us as well. Uh, not Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey joining us as well. Uh, Glenn, good morning to you, mate. Uh, how did that Calcutta go at the Royal on Friday night? Yes, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ron. Good morning to Gator, to all the listeners. Yes, it was a successful night out there at the Royal Hotel at Richmond. Uh, always uh, a good night out there. The locals getting into it. Uh, some people had a bit of luck. Others, and I won't say who they were, but they're very close to this show, uh, had zero. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, the big races at Hawkesbury first before we get down to look at Mornington and give us a call 135353 is the open line number you can get involved with punters post-mortem this morning our best caller this morning we're going to give away some racing HQ merchandise too uh, in the cup duff the gold cup new mandate uh, was the winner a lovely J-Mac ride a really nice horse uh, this horse he's uh, just, uh, you know, it's ticking along nicely. And you'd have to think now, look out for possibly Scone and, and look out for maybe even some part of the Winter Carnival. Yeah, I think so. He's been very well looked after since he's arrived in Australia where, you know, he only had a couple of runs out of quarantine and then uh, he, he held him back for the late in uh, after the uh, Sydney Autumn Carnival to just probably just go through these little tick-over 
Group Threes in the country and and maybe even something in Brisbane. But he's he's a really nice horse. He got the perfect run, blending into the race beautifully, and was never really in doubt to tell you the truth. So once he he peeled on the point of the turn, there it was all over. And uh, yeah, he, he's he's pretty exciting. He's pretty untapped. He's I mean, he's fifteenth start. He puts a few lengths on them. Um, probably the surprise of the race was Desert Icon, who was out in the market, and you would have thought it was just a start-off race for him, but he's performed admirably, and, um, well, Jojo was a man, we all saw that. He had the wide draw, he over-raced wide, no cover, and was, was gallant in defeat. Um, just Folk tied at stage, and I think he would have won if we would have got a wet track. Uh, Lord Ardmore had little excuses there. Dynasties was a hidden run, well, not so much a hidden run, but she bolted up behind him on the point of the turn there, and then got dragged back to last until the last 50 metres. So um, there's something for her, um, but she's just running without luck at the moment. But all honours with the winner, um, he can go on from here and even into the spring um, next preparation. Gator, what did you make of uh, the win of New Mandate in the Hawkesbury Gold Cup? No, it was, it was a neat win, wasn't it? I think mean, Duff summed it up well. He had the right run, but he's got that change-up speed. It's a great tool to have as an athlete if you want to win races, isn't it? And that acceleration. And, um, you know, if you could pick one or two, it'd be on the podium, I think, a change of speed. You know, you want a real will to win as well. And obviously, you know, you, got, you need to have depths of endurance. But he took a few of those boxes ticked and uh, won it well. Um, I mean, Duff summed the race up really well. There are a couple of um, clear forgive runs in the race. But what this race has done and, uh, since its inception, it can throw up uh, you know, a promising horse and it, it may have done the same again this year. Munns, what happened uh, with the betting in this race? Obviously, Desert Icon, Nash was just, you know, could win on a broomstick on the weekend. So it uh, was big odds for second there. But New Mandate was hovering around that 650. Was, was it a bad result in the book? Uh, no, well, Timmy Ryan said on Saturday morning, Dave, he thought it should have been favourite for the race, so it got a little bit of a teddy bear treatment there. Well, Ronnie and I spoke about this race on Friday night, and we thought at that stage, uh, New Man had run favourite. That's when it was $7.50, uh, because we couldn't believe that Floating Artist was holding uh, its spot at the top of the market there. It was around about a $3.80 chance uh, on Saturday morning, and uh, Timmy said, you know... He, um, they're going to push it out during the day. I, I'm, I'm still surprised it ran favourite, uh, to tell you the truth, floating artist, uh, because of uh, those comments there. And I tell you what, uh, no matter what you say about Tim, now, you know, the, the, the lays of the day and things like that, you know, they get them wrong. But a, a lot of the times it's to do what, what with what price they think a horse should be. Not that it can't, can or can't win. It's what price it should be. And in the art of bookmaking is laying the horse at the right price. Now, if you think a horse is a $2.50 chance and you'll be able to lay it at $2, of course it's going to be a lay. You're not saying it can't win. You're saying it's under the odds. And that's, that's the art of trying to get the markets right. You don't always get it right. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. You know, that's the case. There's a case in point. He said New Mandate should be favourite. It didn't run favourite. They're laying floating artists and didn't have to push it as much as they wanted to to be able to lay it. New Mandate was a massive result on the biggest race of the day. But go back to the first race where he thought Zardosi was the lay of the day because he thought it was a $2.50 chance. This is when it was $1.95, mind you. Right, it did get to two dollars fifty, and I think they averaged it out at about two dollars thirty-eight or something like that. Well, they've laid it at under the price they short it should be. It's still one, right? But once again, they've laid it at under the price they short it thought it should be. 
um, you know, there's plenty of uh, cases through the day where they thought, you know, a horse was under the odds. It got out. The thing is now is how horses get out as quickly as they do in the market. I honestly don't uh, don't think Timmy should be getting on there and telling everyone because all it is doing is giving a free kick to everyone else who just scrapes the, the, the prices anyway. No one has an opinion. He's the only one that wants to get up there and put his opinion out in, in the public space. Everyone there is just sponging off their opinion and they're then backing on the what the market's doing. Perfect case in point was fire. I said to Ronnie on Saturday morning, this has to get out. Now, it was $3 on Saturday morning. He said, well, he, it's a lay. It actually firmed into $2.80 before the race. And then it was like a 100-metre final at the Olympics to get it out. It got to $3.80. So why was it $2.80 in the middle of the day? Yeah, okay. Um, i tell you what, uh, just in relation to that, like th- that's something too. How long has Timmy been doing that, Munns? Has it been a couple of years? Uh, oh, I'll be year? doing it probably close to 12 months now, Dave. Yeah, okay. So, and that's something that obviously was we, we started and has continued on. So, Well, you... Dave, Dave, we are supposed to be the... the, the, the uh, oh, what's the best way to describe it? Sky Thoroughbred Central is supposed to be the premium racing channel of Sky. We don't have wall-to-wall racing, so therefore we should be spending more time, and I think we should be spending even greater amounts of time of analysing the markets and betting trends to inform people at home rather than saturating them with tips. I think the educated look at what the market is doing is far more important than a set of numbers. Mm. Um all right, we're in a production meeting, are we, for Scott Thoroughbred Central? We'll, we'll jot down these notes. Uh, what I've about... only been raving on that, Dave, for five years. So, you know, it's, it's not important to give people uh, betting information. We'd rather just get another set of tips. What about uh, Princess Grace uh, Duff? Uh, we speak about Nash. He was in a pocket. He got out of the pocket. And uh, the dry track really was her blessing, wasn't it? Uh, yes, I, um, you know, I dropped off her thinking she might want further. I made her the horse to follow up in the first up run and just thought, oh, does she want 14 plus up to a mile? Maybe, but no. Uh, she's a quality mare, very much. It was the theme of the day, you know, we we had very nice horses winning early in their preparation, which can train on. Uh, usually by this stage of the carnival, it's something coming to the end of it. Uh, but we saw multiple winners there on Saturday that was second and third up and, and whatever. And uh, I think it's uh, uh, one of those meetings where the form line should be strong and uh, she's a classic case. I, I don't know whether she's going to train on into this preparation with another run or not because she's spring class and she's she's proven that in the past as, as far as her American form being up to the, you know, in those group ones over there. But she settled in beautifully. Um, another, we, we, we keep pressing another perfect Rilla ride and... Um, a lot to like about the win. I thought she was gallant in defeat, expat. She, she had she's not big. She had the fifty nine. She was softened a little early by Barossa Rosa, and then she went for home early, and she was still back whacking away there at the finish. And Dalcini was a ripping run. Uh, she um, uh, had to go back in the wide draw and burst through the middle there late. So and she was had plenty to offer right through the line, but a very very nice mare. And uh, Gator, I mean, obviously, to echo those thoughts of, of Duff, uh, she's a very nice mare, Princess Grace. Um, but uh, Nasha, will I just get a comment from you, mate? He's, he's riding in wonderful form, and he just rode uh, perfect there on Saturday. 
Yeah, you did just that, and that's um, you know that's what uh, punters uh, want. You know, if we get it wrong, we want it to be our fault. So, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, you have to give them every chance. That's that's all we can ask for, isn't it? So certainly doing that. Uh, yeah, she did a great job. Time was useful, you know, right on sort of class average, and she did it with 59 kilos as well. Yeah, I'm with uh, Daft Delcini's run was impossible to miss. She's been flying all preps. Had that one uh, glimpse um, glitch. Uh, well, probably had excuses last time, but all her other runs have been slashing runs. If if they put her inverted commas in the right race, it's, um, it's probably an eight or nine dollar winner there for you. Munns, um, what happened with her price here, Princess Grace? Because uh, she was three seventy. Um, I did see on the NOP, and she got out to four forty. So if you took the top fluck, or if you waited late, you got you got some good odds. Well, you got better than that, Dave. You she got to four dollars uh, sixty with us, and once again, uh, here was a case. She was uh, three dollars forty on Thursday, three dollars sixty Friday, three dollars seventy Saturday morning, three dollars eighty when we did the preview. Timmy comes on, she's a lay. So for four days, she sat between three dollars forty and three dollars eighty. Bang! Next minute, she's a four dollars sixty chance, and looked like losing favouritism, and in fact lost favouritism there at one stage to Expat, who was a six dollar chance and had sat seven dollars since Thursday morning and only changed to be a $6 chance on Saturday morning. So once again, there is... And, and Timmy said he thought Expat was entitled to be... Um, he, he was very keen on Expat's chances. So there's a horse... There's two horses. There's been more than $3 between them for four days and yet we get to 30 minutes before the race and the longer price one is now favourite. What... No one wanted to delay any of these runners during the week. That's the thing. The market's changed so dramatically in the last 30 minutes. That is what we should be concentrating on. Um, and the other horse I want to mention as well, out of the Hawkesbury meeting, Hawaii 5-0, who just let down like a, like a really serious horse. He's beautifully bred, as we know, by I'm Invincible, out of Aloha Duff. But uh, to that dry track, it, well, look, it was a soft five, but... It was just electric, and uh, Nash eased up and had a look around after as he approached the post. Yep, arguably the winner today. Um, I think Paul Bugger, I've always thought of him, look at this Paul Bugger, he's so well-bred, and he's got the boom on him before after one barrier trial, and he's got to live up to that. And it's t- it took him a while to um, mature and hit his straps, but he hit his straps in a big way there on Saturday. Um, he took ownership of the race, he travelled, he sprinted, he's a brute, um, of a horse who, um, yeah, he's exciting. Um, uh, obviously, the proviso is a dry track with him. And, I, look, I'm not saying he beat up a, a vintage Guineas field, but the manner in which he did it and the style of the horse and the confidence that he'll get out of that um, will add a lot of interest. I mean, he's probably going to run unders in that lead-up to the Stradbroke um, with the boom he's got on him, but he's certainly capable um, of putting his hand up again. Um, I couldn't really say much about the rest of the field. It was all about the winner there. Munza sees $26 into $11 for the Stradbroke pre-noms on the back of that win. Yeah, well, uh, Dave, uh, I think you'll find he was put in as a $26 chance straight after the race. Yeah. And he's $26 into that price now on the back of support. Uh, and... Um, you know, that, that's always the case. They see a win like that and they've only got to hear, well, you're in a pre-noms market. He mightn't even be nom for the Stradbroke. I'd like to be sure as God made the little green apples, he will be. Uh, but uh, that's the case. You know, the horse that's front of mind 
and they've just seen a big win like that. We haven't seen them, and you've got to realise it's a metropolitan meeting on Saturday. We haven't seen a win on a metropolitan racetrack like that for a very, very long while. What a Wi-Fi, though. Yes. What do you mean? What is in it? At the ease of the wind, Dave. You know, when, when, you get, when you get jockeys throttling down at the 100 metre mark, um, and, you know, that, that, that's no dud quality race. That is a Group 3 race we saw on Saturday. That is going to be the flashing light horse. And you could, have put a, you could have put a market up on it in any race over the Brisbane Carnival, and it would have been very, very well backed. It, does, it, it will have to win uh, probably the Fred Best, if not another qualifying race to even get in the Stradbroke field, it'll be that far down the order of entry. Mm. Uh, 13.53.53, if you want to get involved with the show, you can give us a call right now with Ron Duffersey, David Gately and Glenn Munsey. Gator, I'll jump down to you. There's a couple of texts on the text line here about the Mornington Cup, and obviously right you are defeated. He's a shocker and an absolute nail-biter. Yeah, it was a cracking race. I think it was the best rendition of the race uh, they've had. They've had, they had a Melbourne Cup winner in it, Vaughan Declare. They had the horse to just run second to this year's Melbourne Cup favourite as it stands in White Marlin, who runs tomorrow, by the way, at Flemington. Um, now he's a shocker. He's just crossed the line with Animo. And a non-conformist who boasts a second in a Caulfield Cup to incentivise. Um, so terrific field. And uh, the Quinella were, were very good. They beat third easily. Third beat fourth easily. That fourth horse that was luckless, it has to be said. That was non-conformist. But as far as the best run in the race, well, that's open for debate. Right, you, I had the perfect run, but was brave. First go of the trip. He's a shocker. They made a move, 1,200 out. Um, and, you know, everyone's raving about the ride. The pace slowed, and he went up and sat second. And, um, yeah, it's, they don't often win doing that. But, um, look, he was, he was terrific. He's a shocker. Uh, they were both fabulous runs, to be honest, and, and big gaps behind, so I'm trusting the race. He certainly was. Uh, so, And another text on the text line here, uh, just in relation to the Melbourne races uh, or the Mornington races, which we saw on the weekend. And this winner from uh, the Moody Stable, it was a lovely ride from Linda Meach, this outback action who just pinged, sat on speed and, and gave a kick. Uh, it, was a, it was a smart win and, and the market was there. It wasn't $10 into what? Uh, $4.80 at one stage. I think it's paid to five fifty. So some smart punters, smarter than me, got that one right. He probably didn't do enough first up for mine, but onto the drier track and being ridden for speed was the key. And he not only won, but he ran a couple of lengths quicker than a horse called Jigsaw. Yeah, that was that was brilliant to see. Now, of course, White Marlin going around tomorrow in that open 2,000 metre. We get to see him at sixty. He is currently with the tab, Jordan Childs. And, uh, and Game Waterhouse uh, combining there again. So it'd be great to see the Marlin back in action and good luck to the team as well. I think there's a couple of connections up there in Scone and whatnot who uh, will no doubt be up and about on Anzac Day. A very special day on our calendar. Uh, back to looking at the Hawkesbury meeting, uh, Duff. And obviously, we've got to touch on it. Uh, the incident that happened, obviously, with young Zach Lloyd. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, he um, actually got a, a set of lead boots, which I've never heard of, uh, that he's got lead inside his boots being so light. So when he rides the heavyweights, and in the old days, you used to weigh out um, after the race that you just rode him. Now they weigh out, weigh out prior to going out for the previous race. So he had a heavier ride in the race before, and he weighed out uh, with his heavy boots on. He may have, and then he's weighed out with his light boots on for the um the next race because he had to ride 51 or whatever he had to ride and then he forgot to put his heavy boots back on to ride in the in that race uh, uh he's he, he, in that race so 
It was a, just a schmozzle. Um It was uh, unfortunate. It was a brain fade. There was nothing sinister in it. Uh, but he, uh, I must say, you've got to admire that he put his hand up and told no one would have even worked out <laughs> how that had happened. We always blame the trainer when there's a... I, I'm a big fan of... I'm not a big fan, but I'm a... a I'm always sceptical when a jockey gets fined after weighing in light when he's weighed out with the right gear. So I'm wondering, well, who's responsible? Is it the jockey? He was cleared at the scales, but there's one reason mm. um, why you, it was just jockey error at this in this, this situation. He's put his hand up. He's uh, actually he put his hand up to even pay the owners the eleven thousand two hundred and fifty prize money, um, which is a feather in his cap for the young man as well. Um, I, don't think, I don't think we'll see those boots again. Um, no. He, he, Steve Ralton said that he had actually been chipped before uh, for using those boots. Uh, so they'll either be on eBay or be putting through the shredder. <laughs> and uh, obviously it's the rules of racing uh, here, guys. Um, but this has come through on the text line and no doubt is a, is a thought that goes through. Um, I know obviously it's been disqualified and et cetera, and this has been going on for years, but is there any way in the future that a disqualification could mean a return for punters? As a late scratching, oh, or do we just go down a, a can of worms? Only because it's obviously a bigger Pandora's box than what we've got at the moment, Dave. Because the rule is brought there to um, basically so it not can't reward, be manipulated in one of a for one of a better term, not reward something, uh, an action that is done deliberately. I, uh, and how would you, how would you feel if you back Moonlight Grace and then they pull out? something else in the market and you've got a copper deduction for backing a fair and square winner mm. um, the, the yeah. punters wouldn't like that so I guess it's a double edged sword it is exactly it is. yeah Okay. Uh, all right. So there's a couple of texts on that text line about this. Uh, now, the other uh, horse we want to mention as well uh, in the first race here, this is uh, Dozy. Um, we speak about the market. I might come to you here, um, Munns. This horse drifted and drifted late. But, uh, boy, oh, boy, has she got an engine. Has she what, Dave? We spoke about this on Friday morning, and, and uh, you know, we, we, I said to you, I said, look, you know, I don't take odds on waking up tomorrow morning, but I think it'll be winning. I was very impressed with the way, you know, its last 100 metres uh, of its win at Hawkesbury the other day, and, and at that stage was a $1.95 chance, and Californian was $3.90. Uh, well, once again, Timmy came on uh, at around about, what, uh, 10 past 10 or something on Saturday morning and said we're top odds in the market at the moment I think they'd got it from $1.95 was $2 I think when we did the, the preview on the race early Saturday morning uh, they'd got it to $2.25 by that stage uh, well in within the next hour it was $2.60 uh, and Californian was into a short I think it got into a short as about $3.40 or $3.50 um, and they just cleared away from the others. But once again, its last 100 metres was very, very good. Californian was uh, a, a much improved run from it. Now, Gerald said in an interview on Saturday morning, and these are why we have these trainers on uh, on Saturday morning. He gave a, a perfect explanation why it had improved markedly on Saturday because he wasn't happy with the fact that it went forward. He thought it would do much, much better ridden back in the field, and that's what it did, and it reduced a margin that Zardozzi had on it the other day, and they absolutely panelled the rest. What about uh, her performance, Gator? What did you make of it? Yeah, neat win. I mean, and what you have to like is the gap pack to third, as is referenced there um, by a soliloquy man. But the class average uh, speed was good. 
they went about four lengths above average. So it looked like they were running along, and, and that's allowed them to run a uh, pretty strong time. Last 600 overall with a Quinella. Yeah, going into that race, I thought the same thing. I didn't hear the interview, but I thought Californian would improve ridden cold. I think that's going to be the key to that horse. And, um, yeah, the, the Quinella, the ones to follow, obviously. And what about yourself, Duff? Uh, yeah, look, this is usually a race I keep a very close eye on. It can produce a nice horse. And going into the race, I thought, oh, geez, I'm disappointed with this race this year. There's only one and a half form lines in it. And, but um, you come out of it saying, well, there's a couple of really nice horses there. She's, um, she's narrow, she's small. Um, they, they, they give her five trials before she had a first start. And then she's gone winning at 20 to 1, winning, winning. I think she she's a chance of being an Oaks filly in the spring. She's a really good chance of being an Oaks filly in the spring and she'll she'll blossom after a break. I don't know whether they head to Brisbane for a race like the Atkins um, at the mile. I'll leave that to them. But she's a, got a lovely little attitude about her and she's learning all the time and uh, you got to like... Uh, she's very likeable as far as running into the future. She just She's got the pedigree to keep improving and she, you know, with that pedigree, she probably shouldn't even be there at two. So uh, feather in a cap and can't wait to see her develop into a nice staying filly. Uh, when will that JJ market be open, uh, Munns? Um, have you heard from Timmy? Because there's a couple of texts here about uh, when will the JJ Atkins markets be open? Uh, well, noms are actually taken next Tuesday, Dave. I think it is Tuesday. Let me go to my reference uh, sheet here. Uh, for the Queensland Winter Carnival and the JJ Atkins, uh, I think it's uh, the Stratty. JJ Atkins uh, nominations are taken on Tuesday, May the 2nd at 11am. So the um, weights are declared on Monday the 29th of May. First acceptances on Wednesday the 31st of May. Late nominations due on the 31st of May. Final acceptances. And please take note, I don't know whether this has been... Um, broadcast or printed anywhere all of the well basically all of the feature races in brisbane final acceptances will be taken on a tuesday now i can't remember that happening i know the strati was taken on a tuesday because he used to have a barrier draw uh, but according to this sheet of here and it's the 2023 queensland racing carnival um, handout uh, those acceptances on a tuesday morning for the feature races, but the nominations for the major races in Brisbane all are next Tuesday. We do have pre-noms markets open on them at the moment. The JJ Atkins not one of them because I suppose it's just a little bit harder to try and work out the two-year-olds what will go on there. But a little bit easier with the the Stratty, the Kingsford Smith because trainers are saying that's that's their target. Um, but you, you've only got to wait and wait another week, and there'll be the uh, the noms out anyway. Exactly right. We'll take a break at 9.31 on Punters Postmortem. Michael Maxworthy, our Queensland correspondent, will join us next. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Bit peckish? Head to 7-Eleven for a great range of tasty sandwiches and wraps, handmade and delivered daily. Grab one today. They're delicious. 7-Eleven. Great value, made wonderfully easy. Greenacre Centenary Drive, seeing heavy conditions northbound due to a truck breakdown just near the Hume Highway. Brisbane and Aspie, a signal fault affecting all directions, Albany Creek Road. And Wollongabba, ongoing roadworks affecting your eastbound run on O'Keefe Street. It's closed at Carl Street. Spend over $250 and save $25. Spend $500 and save $50 with the IKEA Loyalty Club members. Spend and save offer. Shop now at IKEA. 
I'm Luke Jermaine. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. Cold by Star turned 71% winners to runners, oldest only four-year-olds, trainer Joe Pride. 5%, 4400 and 250 a month covers costs. For PDSC, Hancocks.com.au, AFSL 227365, Hancocks.com.au. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, you certainly are. It's 9.33 on Sky Sports Radio and uh, we're about to be joined by Michael Maxworthy with Ron Doversy, David Gately and Glenn Munsey. And a text on the text line saying, hey guys, check out the win of Amakura on the weekend at Newcastle. And uh, yeah, no, look, it was a big win. I was watching this Kermadec filly. She's in the Queensland Oaks market. I must admit I was on two starts ago at Hawkesbury where Christian Reith found more trouble in the early set and it was fair dinkum. Um, it was, yeah, it was uh, awful to watch. But yes, uh, on Saturday, Digger down the outside. Thank you very much. And uh, like a barrier trial. Did any of you guys see uh, her win? Yeah, well, the market saw it, Dave. She was $51. She's now a $15 mm. chance. And she's put $26 into $15 this morning. I wonder if it was the uh, the texter there that's uh, just had uh, something on. I'll just see whether it's the same person because they've butted up three times on Amakura. I don't want to shelf them, but I'll just check whether it's the same customer that's uh, backed it three times uh, this morning. In fact, uh, let me have a look here. Uh, right, that's how I know who that is. Uh, oh, Glenn. Yeah, he's butted oh, up again. It's like, it's like uh, FBI. Oh, how yeah, good. Uh, uh, did anyone uh, see the uh, horror show uh, two starts ago? Fair dinkum. It's always the way when you're on at the uh, the shorts at 260 and you think how good you're on a moral here. And uh, it was like watching something out of Oxford Street. And then uh, off to Newcastle next start, whoosh down the outside. Too good. So uh, she's a nice filly. Good to see um, Good to see Chris, too, with one of these nice progressive fillies who may head north. Michael Maxworthy, speaking of heading north, is joining us. Hello, Maxie. Hello there, Dave. Hello, fellas. Um, yeah, I was just listening to your comments there and uh, looking ahead to our Queensland derby, and I noticed uh, Chris Waller's Kobalika is the $2.50 favourite. Crikey, did you see his first up run a few weeks ago in the South Pacific finishing third there? We saw him during the summer, and Chris put him away, and obviously he's going to target the Queensland derby, so... $2.50, we're still a fair way off it, but, um, gee, he looks to be a, you know, a bright prospect for the future, that guy. Yeah, he certainly He's does. He's firmed uh, every week, Maxie. The market's been up four fifty, three fifty, now two fifty. Mm. What about Mark Newnham and Tom Sherry? I mean, the tip was half there, wasn't it, Maxie? When you uh, get to Doom on the weekend, you see Mark Newnham uh, there, and you also see Tom in town, and uh, a nice filly and a nice other horse that uh, they got the chocolates with. Yes, uh, it was a double there. Iowa won earlier on in the day, so it was two starters, two wins for Mark Newnham. And a lot of the winners there on Saturday, nine races, I think five horses came here with last start Sydney form. And, and that filly that won the, the Princess Stakes, uh, Street Gossip, she'd only won a class one at Wyong and she sort of struggled a little bit, wobbled a bit around the turn there, but balanced up and, and hit the line hard. And then she comes here... 1,600 metres. She was put in a great position by Tom Sherry from the, the Good Gate Barrier 4. She was third, fourth. But there was a lot of trouble at about the 1,000, and he couldn't avoid it. And she was shut about three wide. So most of the race, she was in a three-wide position exposed. But she managed to score comfortably. The favourite in that race, Wolverine. She's just becoming a little bit costly. Not necessarily all her fault the other day. She had to go back from that wide gate, which is not ideal at Doombin. Maxie, I've got to uh, mention this to the panel, and I'm no doubt Duff and, and Gator would have seen this on Sky One, and no doubt yourself, Munns, but this win of Far Too Easy, 
Now, we heard from David McCollum chatting with Bernie after the races that uh, he's come back a better horse in um, in David's opinion. We've seen him obviously running in Kosciuszko's and country championships, but you mentioned him from his trial. You said, look, you're expecting a, a very big run first up and then who knows, the world's his oyster. They want to try and get him in the Stradbroke, don't they? Yeah, and I, I um, when the, the noms came out last Monday, I just put a ring around him and said that I want to be with you for Saturday in that benchmark 90 following that trial. And he came out with barrier 15, which was a horror draw with the 1100 at Durban. And sweet Margot May, who's got this great fresh record, came up with barrier number five. So I switched to her and she got sort of put up the fence and he was over to overcome a three-wide position midfield. And he was just too classy, carried the big weight from the wide gate, he drew away. But that was benchmark 90. And David did mention the Stradbroke handicap. Uh, his rating prior to Saturday was uh, 92. So he needs probably 102, 103 points to get in. Uh, but his next target is going to be Saturday week at the Sunshine Coast in the ATC Cup. And should he win that, he probably gets enough weight to get in at the bottom of the handicaps of the Stradbroke. But I don't know about you, Ronnie. What do you think of far too easy over a tough 1,400 metres at Eagle Farm? Should he get in the race? Yeah, that's the question, Max. He's, he's a lovely horse. We all know that. He's had his few little issues along the way. Obviously, where he was, he's wearing them bandages early in his career. And um, a horse that I've, I've always kept a close eye on since someone on this show pointing him out in a barrier trial, um, one of our callers. So I've, I've kept a close eye on him. Um, I can't believe... I sort of didn't show a lot of interest in Brisbane on Saturday with all the colour blue at Hawkesbury, but... Uh, I think the last price I wrote down on, on the Friday was $3.70. Uh, so I don't know how he gets the $7. Um, but, yeah, it's a great start-off race for him. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. Can he still lift to that elite level at 1,400 metres is a little question mark. Jeez, I don't know what you're doing Friday when you're writing those prices down. You get your eyes fixed. It was, uh, what, wasn't three seventy? No, no, it went up five dollars. Five dollars on it was actually five dollars on Wednesday. Uh, yeah. It was five dollars on Thursday, Friday, and got to five dollars fifty Saturday morning. First thing got to as much as seven fifty on Saturday in the middle of the the day, and then SP six dollars fifty. So okay, I don't know I've got, got that the, wrong. I, I, yeah. I'm putting the wrong spot then. Yeah. Check your and, account, and that, Duff. There might be that, some money in there. How good. Yeah. How good is it when you wake up and go, what yeah. have I backed here? Yeah, that <laughs> ATC Cup at the Sunny Coast is the old Prime Minister's Cup because this is Hollandale Stakes yes. Day is at the Sunshine Coast. And, Maxi, we're going to have an 850-metre race that day, the bat out of hell. Yes, it'll be one of, I think, seven feature races highlighted, of course, by the AD Hollandale Stakes. Sazaki dominating in that the last two years. And I, I can't wait to see... Um, this meeting at the sunny coast on the big stretches while the Gold Coast have got their brand new turf track and everything else going on down there. I, I can't wait for the Hollandale over the 1800, Zaki, maybe Cascadian. But you're right, the bat out of hell, uh, they used to, many years ago when they, they built the, the sunny coast track, they used to have a lot of races over the 850. They've actually got an 850 metre personal chute and then there's a 900 metre chute, uh, sorry, a 1,000 metre chute and then the course proper. But uh, they stopped having those 850s many, many years ago. But with the bat out of hell being a feature at the Gold Coast over the 900, uh, the Gold Coast Turf Club had the option at the sunny coast. It had to be either 1,000 metres 
or 8.50. Glenham, they've elected to go the shorter trip, so that'll be a bit of a novelty over 8.50 metres for that sprint that day. This weekend, of course, Maxie, we've got the Guineas meeting, uh, the Queensland Guineas. Uh, we've got the Victory Stakes, uh, the Dalrello Stakes. Now, in that Victory Stakes, we might even see a horse, um, Private Eye. Um, very interesting to see if we do, uh, because he was looking at splitting his team up, Joe Pride. That was only a couple of weeks ago, but we'll have no doubt off the nominations and all in market a little bit later on mm. today with the tab. Uh, the Dalrello Stakes, as I mentioned, plus as well some other Class Sixes and cutest races. So good racing Pretty much now onwards, isn't it? Uh, right through till June up in Queensland. Yeah, well, we're less than three weeks away to the Durban 10,000. And I don't think Private Eye is in the pre-nom. So uh, Joe's got Maria Mia there and Eduardo. Yes. How are they going to beat Giga Kick? Like, he's the $2 favourite. And I thought he might scare a few of them away. But still, if you look at that pre-noms market, there's plenty of talent there. Up Cabin and... Um, of course, Eduardo, who'd won this race a couple of years ago. Prince of Boom is there. He's likely to go to the Victory Stakes with Rothfire. They caught out of the Ascot last week um, at Eagle Farm. So they're progressing to the Victory Stakes. But, yeah, Private Eye could be the big stumbling block because he loves Eagle Farm. He won this Guineas a couple of years ago, and he was stiff not to win the other gate of Blood Stradbroke last year. So can't wait for the noms to come out around about lunchtime for that victory stakes. Maxie? Yeah, he, did go up, he did go up $4.50 giga kick, and the reason, well, there's two reasons he's $4.50 to $2 is his form, but also in the first markets we had Rothfire, Scalapini, Garibaldi, What You Need, Private Eye, uh, all of those marked up, uh, and they're dropping out uh, of that pre-noms market. Private Eye actually went up an $8 chance in that race there, so that's another reason why he's got into as short as he had, because those, those horses have been stated that they're not going to the 10,000. King of Sparta also goes to that victory stakes, and he's going really well, so he's mm. another one you can have into that race. Yeah, we're going to... Uh, does he norm yeah, does he normally take a run? What's the latest with him trial-wise and what have you, Ronnie? He trialled beautifully the other day. He really did. He's, he, he loves that little break between runs, and he's had to you know, go to the paddock for a week, and I think they're pretty happy with him. I think they're pretty happy with him. Maxie, look forward to you joining us on Punters Postmortem throughout the carnival. Uh, we're going to see a lot of Sydney horses head north and no doubt some Melbourne horses and also the Queenslanders uh, on the backside as well coming back down here for our spring. So it's a, it's a wonderful melting pot now, the form here in the east. And, yeah, can't wait to have you a part of the show. All right. Thank you, fellas. Have a good day. We're going to take a break. It's 9.43. Give us a call, 13.53.53. That's the open line number. When we return, we'll discuss more of the, the racing from the weekend. Need a forklift? Don't just get a forklift, get a Toyota forklift. Toyota is the world's number one forklift brand with a great range of pallet jacks, walkie stackers and reach forklifts right up to their leading Toyota counterbalance forklifts. Legendary reliability and safety with cleaner, greener electric options, Toyota can tailor the right forklift solution for you. It's all part of the Toyota forklift advantage. For more, visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. Get a Toyota forklift. Star Turn Cult with everything going for him. Joe Pride, Bob's, English Race Series, Winning Dam, prices from 2200 for 2.5%. For PDS, see Hancocks.com.au, AFSL22736. Hancocks.com.au. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh, yeah. Looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. 
So if you want to improve your game, see your local expert at Drummond Golf. I'm Craig Lowndes, supercar driver and an ambassador for the Australian Road Safety Foundation. I'm calling on all Australian road users to bring back the thank you wave and make our roads safer ahead of Fatality Free Friday. Whether you're walking, riding, driving or as a passenger, we all have a role to play in keeping our roads safe. Let's all do our part and choose road safety for a fatality free future. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Welcome back to the program. It's 9.45 and we've got a couple of callers coming in on 13.53.53. Let's go to our, our caller as well. We're with Ron Doversy, David Gately and Glenn Munsey. James is on the line. G'day, James. Yeah, g'day. Look, I, um, obviously I follow the uh, footy in the races and I had uh, four horses pinned out for the weekend for my best um, bets that I normally give to my mate in WA. And uh, one of them got up and the rest... Um, didn't go too well. I just wondered about the three that didn't go too well. One of them was stuttering, which um, won well. Uh, but the other three, which was Written Beauty, Binding and Wicklow. Just wondered what happened. I, I know you might you can't watch all the races, but I wondered what happened to Binding in particular in their race and um, also Wicklow. Well, I can comment on Wicklow. I just think um, he was a, he was a month between runs. He was second up. He he made a long, long sustained run, and he's actually my horse to follow. So I, I think you got to back up on him. Um, yep. He just he just blew out the last little bit there. Second up at a mile with a month between runs, and maybe a race like the Wagga Cup. He might be his main target. Yeah. And if it is, <laughs> I think he's going to be cherry ripe. Um, and written beauty, well, written beauty is written beauty. Um, she's talented, but she's she's a, a head case. And what was the one binding? Where was that? That was in Brisbane. In Brisbane. I it was didn't in see that Gossip's one. Race. Yeah, I didn't see that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it. It looked like it was probably finished about eighth or ninth. But um, the previous run it won well, and uh, I backed it a couple of weeks beforehand. And, um, yeah, I've, I've just, um, I thought it might have been a, a new sprue course, but um, I just, uh, well, wanted to know from some of you experts. <laughs> but uh, obviously, um, yeah, it's probably just going by the wayside, I'd say. That's right, James. Thanks for your call. Um, Gator, you didn't uh, have a comment on binding from Sky One? Uh, watched them live. Haven't seen a replay. Sorry, no help no, there. No, that's fine, mate. No dramas whatsoever. Steve's on the line. Wants to talk about the Stradbroke. G'day, Steve. Oh, hey, yeah, mate. Yeah, the Stradbroke or any other big listed race up there soon. Uh, as usual, years blokes get carried away with a certain horse. If you take Digger Kicks, Ranwick and wet track form away, it's it's just above ordinary. Sorry? What are you, what are you, are you potting Giga well, Kick? Well, horse has won its money at Ranwick on wet tracks, right? Right. Well, what odds will you give us? Right. Yeah. Well, what are you ordering? What are you ordering uh, to to run a track like Ramwick up in Brisbane, and a good track as well, and a uh, wet track? I mean, that's what it, that's what it's going to need. Ooh, I don't know about that. Oh, jeez. 
Yeah, those races Steve. that won at Randwick, they're only Group 1 races, so, you know... Well, I, only you know, one. One of them's a Group 1. One of them's a Group oh, 1. I mean, I must admit it. I must admit it. I, I must admit it. It doesn't take a champion to win a Stradbrook. <laughs> often. I know that. But this thing's been ordered up. A lot, of them are, a lot of horses have been ordered up in these big Sydney races. In these million, million, million dollar races in Sydney, wet tracks. Oh, geez, I'd love to have him. Money next time. You put you put them on a fair and square good track. Their money's not there. I think the thing is though, Steve. Uh, who's he going to be racing in a ten thousand? He's not going to be racing the horses that he raced in Sydney to win those two big races. Uh, I don't know whether you like know this, it's not easy to go to Brisbane and win any race. I mean, it's, uh, the form doesn't always read that well up there about no. the winners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, you enjoy your Monday. What do you got planned, Steve? Anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, staying alive, mate. I'll just stay off the road that. until the uh, Victorians uh, retire. Fantastic. Well, you enjoy your day, mate. Go and have a thousand scooters if you haven't had a thousand already. Uh, Lee's on the phone. G'day, Lee. G'day, guys. How's it going? Good, mate. I just want to talk about the Hawksby setup. Um, obviously, uh, the camera angle's uh, pretty bad there, and I had a horse that uh, finished first but actually finished second. And uh, it also looks like the um, the mounting yard is very small, and all the facilities are just pushed, you know, up the track of it. So, are they going to look at redeveloping this um, this uh, race course? Well, if you were listening on Saturday morning, James Hedder went through all of the, uh, not all of those scenarios, but most in particular, uh, the scenario regarding the camera angles. Uh, yep. This has been something that's been harped on for probably close to 10 years Even now. Even the dogs are blowing up. Even the dogs are barking that they should be doing something about it. But uh, uh, yeah, they, they have undergone a study there. It's, it's just got to do with the way that the, uh, the track comes um, at where the, the new broadcast position is for the race callers and feel uh, for the race callers that basically have to call the horses running straight at them. When they move yeah. the winning post to increase the length of the straight, uh, the, the broadcast where it is now, well, the cam- you can't have a camera um, basically there because you're going to be looking at the end of the grandstand. Now, they, they have had a study to put a camera on a cherry picker uh, behind to get you the depth of vision. The same situation happens at Musselbrook. Um, it just looks like the winning post is way past all the um, it is. viewing. And because the, well, because the, the original facilities, the winning yeah. post was where the grandstand is in the middle of the enclosure. Well, when they moved the winning post further down to increase the length of the straight, the, the only new structure that was built was the broadcast tower for the, for the, for the photo but... finish, uh, the race caller and the stewards. All of the other infrastructure remained in place. And I can tell you, in the old days, and I'll go back a fair while, uh, the broadcast box used to be about 50 metres before the winning post. Uh, I can remember Paul Ambrosoli and calling the races there. No, no, it was 50 metres before the winning post. It was horse and cart, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a heap of land like up further. Why aren't they pushing it all back? And why why do they have to squeeze it all up against the track floor? Well, that floods, that land that's further down where the horse stalls are, floods. Yeah. Mm. And just past the winning, uh, the old winning post, it's, it, to, to refill that would be a, a big job because it gets it goes into a ditch uh, where the horse stalls are. So it, it's just the way it's structured. It's not mm. that easy. It's not that easy. No, it isn't. Thanks for your call, Lee. Let's get to our next caller, Greg's on the line. G'day, Greg. Yeah, mate. How are you going? Good, mate. What's on your mind? Yeah, just, I don't know whether any of the boys saw Sunshine Coast yesterday. Oh, you there? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Oh, sorry, I, I thought I dropped out. 
Yeah, we saw the Sunshine Coast race one yesterday. The situation that arose there, I don't know whether any of you saw it or not, but there was a horse, Argyle Lane, which was a short-price favourite, well-performed horse in Queensland, looked to be a rating certainty. Uh, came into the Race the yard. two it was, mate. Race two. Oh, two, was it? Sorry, beg your pardon. You're off. Uh, came into the yard looking as fat as a fool, sweating, bandages. The, the experts both saying, oh, how good it paraded. The tab got onto it straight away. They just punched the price out all the way. It went around to the barriers. It reared in the stall, struck its leg. They pulled it out. Didn't really look at it. Just fixed its saddle up, put it in. It was gone after 10 metres. Finished tailed off last at $1.75. Now, that's the type of thing that turns people on. Of course, the one that won it was the well-backed uh, second favourite who looked to be the only danger. That, that's the type of thing that turned people off racing. It should have been scratched at the barriers. Uh, I can't find any stewards reports this morning. Have you guys been able to access that? The Sunshine Coast don't seem to be up today. They're usually no, it's, not, it's not out yet. The, the stewards report for the Sunny Coast is not out yet. Yeah, so I don't... Did you guys see it at all? No, I know, but it doesn't sound good. I did see it. I did see it. I didn't see the parade beforehand, but I did see the race, yes. And yeah. uh, the winner was heavily back too. Yeah, well, that's the type of stuff that just turns people off, mate. I've been punting for 60 years. After that, I thought, what what a waste of my life that is, betting on when there's rorts like that going on. That was just... Uh, why it started, I do not know. So if, if you hear anything about it, about it all, that would be good if you could just... Uh, put it over the airway when, when and if the stewards reports ever come out, that'd be lovely. Thank yeah, you, well, Greg. If you go to racingqueensland.com.au, you'll find the stewards report on there when it is posted. But at this stage, has yet to be posted. All right. Uh, now, let's go to uh, Anthony, who's on line one, to talk about White Marlin. Hello, Anthony. Hey, boys. How are you going? Very good, mate. Uh, what's on your mind? I'm just calling what you think of White Marlin is chances tomorrow. Down in Gator, I might come to you here, Gator. Yeah, look, I mean, he's obviously difficult to to knock, isn't he? I mean, he's unbeaten, and his last start, which was his first up run, he had to be used up a bit early to lead, and they attacked him a long way from home, but he raced away from him anyway. And he thrashed a horse called Right You Are, who just beat He's a Shocker, who just crossed the line with Animo. So, look, it's a pretty strong case. Um, he does come back 100 metres, so I guess if you're looking for a query... But uh, I don't know how you could tip against him in a logical state of mind. Yeah, he's just a big horse, and he doesn't like things going past him, I don't think. What he showed <laughs> so far. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's a bit like Dave Stanley at the bar. He just won't let anyone pass him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that yeah. Depends who's paying. Thank you, Anthony. He'll let him pay. He'll yeah. give him a good run if they're paying. Uh, Cass on the line. G'day, Cass. Hi, guys. Love your show. I just got a question. I just thought I'd ask the expert. My husband's bought me a little chair in the horse, and it's so it's, um, it's father's best yes, yes, yes. And the mother is I'm not sure. I'm heard of so T A M A R A M A. It's got Magic Millions Colt. What do you think, guys? Well, first off, Kath, uh, mother's name. Yeah, while the boys do that, first off, Kath, have you got uh, made sure that uh, your bank account's on the prize money on the uh, on the sheet? Have you done that? Um, no, I haven't. Oh well, <laughs> just make sure because uh, if the horse wins, you want to make sure you get the prize money. Oh, I've got a great husband. He, yeah, he'll oh, give it to me. Outstanding. Yeah. And it's trained by Lee Freeman. Beautiful little uh, filly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. So what do you think? 
Well, you did some of your baby, obviously, and just been broken in and educated. That they're all champions till they get the races catch, so you're yes, still alive. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> so I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun. Um, that's for sure. But uh, and you got the right pedigree there. You're great horse. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, an Everest winner and uh, throwing some really good-looking horses too. So it's the old four-legged lottery. You're, you're in the game. And exactly. Uh, yeah, it's good yeah, it'll be good fun when you next email you get when it's ready to trial and it'll be uh, all exciting from there on in. Just be careful if you go out with Lee, uh, if he gets on the red wine, because uh, you reckon I won't pay. Fair income. Uh, let's get to Mark on the line. G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. Stuff, I think I found another horse from the North Coast that you might be interested. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> You're my far too easy, man. Mate, this is horse, yeah, that's right, but this horse also has got uh, that sort of ability. It's only had one start for one win. It's called Maximum Vortex, trained by Ethan Enby from Balna. Now, you need to have a look at the trial. It wins by a short half head. But the horse that runs second has got good provincial form up in Brisbane called Enterprise Lucha. Then they took yep. it to Grafton. Ethan Enby come on before the race. This is 15 to 1, mind you, and said, we like this horse. Uh, we wish there was a bit more ground. But it's done well, and we look forward. Well, it pinged out of the barrier like it did in the barrier trial, Ronnie, led by two lengths. CJ Graham wrote it, and just left them like a whatever at the home turn. You need to watch the run. It was enormous. And then John Powell, who's been around a long time, who he works now with Gary Cleese, said straight yep. up because he tipped it to win the race. He said this will be winning better races than a maiden at Grafton. That's all okay. I want to say to you, mate. Watch it. Maximum vortex. Maximum vortex. It won at Grafton on the 18th of April. It won an 1,100-metre maiden. Okay, what's its pedigree? Well, it's only 35. By Kuroshio. By Kuroshio, yep. Okay. Kuroshio, a Kuroshio. Yeah, the dolphin horse. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Thanks, Mark. Let's get to John on the line. John's joining us any moment on line six. I'll press the button. There we go. G'day, John. G'day, boys. How are we? Very good, mate. Uh, what have you got for us? Two horses. Uh, a couple of questions. One for Mums about that horse that weighed in light on Saturday at Hawkesbury. Yes. Uh, I was listening to your show, DS, and heard David Payne tip it up, so I backed the face and, yeah, dummy money. Uh, the question is, if that's the last leg of a multi, does that does your multi fail the whole multi, or do you... Yes. Does the other... It is. Yeah, you lose the yeah, whole because, Well, your multi, that leg hasn't been successful. It's not a scratching... Yeah. It's declared a runner, but disqualified. Qualified. Yeah, and I had a good multi going in to, work, to win a fair bit of money. And, yeah, when it was coming out, I thought, oh, what a way to lose your money. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, I, I, can, I can tell you now, and I'll give you a little bit of a trade secret up here, there are some people that got paid out uh, for it because uh, they tend to pay now as quickly as possible if they don't think there's going to be a protest or anything like that. They pay basically as they go across the line. And until I sent them a message... Uh, to tell them that it had weighed in light. No one had any idea in Australia that it had weighed in light. And I sent the boys in the office a message and they stopped uh, the payment on that race. So some people would have been paid out because I reckon it would have been, they would have paid out for a good five minutes on the on the place there for Sweet Mercy. So they, they, there are some people out there that have had a little bit of luck. More for the bonus this year, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, mm. no, we'll, we'll be able to have uh, <laughs> a, a, another course for lunch. Or an extra bread Thank roll. you very much. What was much. the other horse? Yeah, what was the other horse, John? Hello, John, you there? We've lost him again, Boydo. We'll have to... Have we got you back, John? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm there. I can hear you, boys. What was the other you horse, there? mate? No, nah, it wasn't a horse. The other one was just the other question was just to thank you to Gator. He uh, he uh, orchestrated my biggest ever collect in punting on a oh. multi many years ago. Um, Star term was the last leg uh, in Melbourne. Dixie Boston won in Sydney, and a hundred dollar outlay collected me twenty nine thousand. Just want to thank oh. Gator for that, and probably, probably owe him a slab. Yeah, no, I'm open to swings. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that's a good result. I remember that race day really well. It was a, it was um, a good day for uh, for favourites, wasn't it? They all sort of lined up. Yeah, you tipped a couple on get on. I think a couple of Lloyd Williams won in town, and you tipped two good things in Sydney. Your whole all your best bets got up. And yeah, hundred dollar on that multi. It was good click. So, so thanks for that, Gator. Did you sling him at all, John? I'll get you his no, details. No. No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I'll show him a beer one day if I catch up. With Beautiful. You. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call, John. Um, all right. Uh, before we get some horses uh, to follow, big thanks to our friends at Racing Australia. I'm going to share, as you know, with Fast Response, Fair Dinkum, we've gone, what, 10 of 10, 15 of 15, now another 15 of 15. There's something wrong with that computer. I sound like Richard Freeman, but honestly, what's doing with the wide barriers? Uh, horses to follow. We might start with you, Duff, from the Hawkesbury meeting. Uh, yeah, um, not all from the Hawkesbury meeting. I think they're talking about Freedmans. I think Juan Diva, if they can find a fillies and mares race for her next time, she'll be very hard to beat. I'm going to stick. I'm going to jump on Wicklow's back after his defeat on Saturday. Going forward to hopefully the Wagga Cup, and just one from Wednesday. I think he is a real Brisbane contender. General salute the horse of Gerald and, and Sterling. So Juan Diva. Wicklow and General Salute. Okay. Uh, Gator, your horse to follow? Uh, what are we doing? Ranveer was a nice return at Mornington. Um, quicker section was of the day. Thought provoking should have won by seven. And Delcini. All right. And what about yourself, Munns? Yeah, first of all, Dave, for that caller that rang, all bets on Sweet Mercy, the place, were paid as a winner on Saturday as an act of goodwill by Tab. Didn't have to tell the world about it, but if you back Sweet Mercy, the place on Saturday, you were paid or will be paid by Tab, and that includes multi-bets involving Sweet Mercy to run a place. Well, so no need to take yeah. out a full-page ad or tell the world on social media. That just happened. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, very I good I'll, stuff. I hope I'll make bet with the tab. Uh, just yeah. talking to it. it doesn't sound like it. No. Another reason not uh, why you should be. Uh, my horses to follow, Dave. Uh, I thought one went quite well in the high. I love you know, going to these highways. But this horse, Mark Casson, for Terry Robinson, yeah. having its first start since July of 2021. So I'd be giving it probably a couple of runs now. Uh, but keep on its back. It only had six runs before Saturday and had won two races. Um, off a spell like that, that was a very, very good effort. I do find it hard to sort of work out what the horses have actually done at Hawkesbury. Uh, and the other one, uh, it nearly ran last uh, in the Hawkesbury Cup. And I know some people actually wanted it to run last. And Dynasties, uh, stay on her back, Dynasties. All right, uh, boys, thanks anything, so much. Uh, oh, yep, go down. Anything, down. just with Gator, anything uh, for the partners at Flemington tomorrow? We oh, yeah. We want to get in early. Yeah, I've actually, I, I did the form last night because I couldn't stand watching the footy. Um, so there's a few there. I think uh, I think there's a horse called Home Rule that can run really well at a backable price. Um, we've touched on White Marlin, um, as the other one, he's a bit short, isn't he? So this one had a bit of value there, hopefully. 
Uh, home rule, I think it's about race three from Italy. Yeah, race two. Race two it is. Home rule yeah. in the 1100 uh, for Declan Bates and Matty Raymond. 750 currently at 260 and uh, did open as much as $13. So Yeah, but Cecil Street, oh, no, Cecil Street Lab was only a 40 to 1 chance. Well, yeah, it shouldn't be $13 to $7.50, Dove, on the amount of money that's been invested on it, but there'll be a bit more on it in a minute. Okay, there you go. So there's one for oh, someone us. Has, someone has had a thousand place only today, I noticed. Okay. Uh, what about um, what about uh, have you had a look at uh, Ramwick at all, uh, Duff, for tomorrow? No, I'll leave that to Brad. Um, I've just glanced without delving deeply into the form. I did one that caught the eye was Emperor, but then I looked at the price and it was short. Um, I, yeah, I'll leave that to Brad. He, he would have put a lot more work than me. Into yeah, it. Emperor goes around the first. That first up for uh, Rawilla and Dunn. Uh, and, of course, uh, all of the horses, as we know, will have those Anzac colours on, the top weights in, in Sydney and Melbourne. I think it's the same case as well at uh, Bow Desert, uh, is it? Maybe, maybe not. But definitely in Sydney and Melbourne. And, obviously, I mentioned this on the Big Sports Breakfast. It's a very special day tomorrow. So if you are waking up nice and early to get to uh, the dawn service, uh, you won't be alone. There'll be thousands with you, and let's hope we can enjoy the afternoon and obviously pay our respects to those that have given us this wonderful opportunity that we uh, call life in Australia at the moment. Have a great Monday, gentlemen. We'll catch you next week on Punters Postmortem. Thank you, Dave.